nobody starts off with perfect everything and is just like, oh, I'm a dancer. I never wanted anybody to say no to me just because of my age. It's okay to take time for yourself. Hey, dancers, welcome to the show. I'm Julie, and I'm your host today on this episode of Broche Banter. I both own and teach at Broche Ballet, a virtual ballet school just for adults. Join us as we explore all things adult ballet. If you're enjoying these stories of the wonderful adult dancers in our community, please help us keep the podcast going by sharing your story. I'd love to have you as a guest on the show. Even if you've just started ballet, only recently returned to the bar, or just have always loved ballet, please send us an email at hello at brocheballet.com to be our next featured dancer. Today on the show, we have Erica, an adult ballerina who is opening Turnisol Dance, her own broche-inspired adult ballet studio in Rochester, New York. We get philosophical on this episode, covering everything from her start with ballet as a baby ballerina to her very long hiatus from sixth grade until after the birth of her second child, to her journey back to the bar on a quest for ballet technique and most importantly, self-fulfillment. Enjoy. All right, Erica, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on Broche Banter this week. I'm excited to be here. This is, this is going to be fun. Um, I met you for the first time through our online program, which of course was born out of the COVID crisis and now has become um, a super cool thing that we're doing. Um, so it was really fun to meet you. You're all the way in Rochester and I'm all the way in Colorado. So it's been really fun to get to know you from across the country. Yeah, um, I'm so like... The, the COVID thing, out of the COVID thing, like, I'm so happy that that happened um, because we don't have anything like that here in Rochester. Um, so it was a really nice blessing in disguise to kind of stumble upon Broche and your program and everything. So, yeah, that's kind of happy that happened. Yeah, funny, isn't it? <laughs> So I'm excited to hear about your story. You, um, you came in with clearly quite a lot of experience with ballet, which is um, sometimes unusual to find in, um, in the adult world. As you said, there's not always access for, for us to get technical training and, and all of that. So um, uh, you, tell me about how that's come about. Where, where, where did it start? How did you get, what you, how'd you get your ballet foundation? Oh, um, okay. I st- <laughs> <laughs> it's a big question. Like there's, there's, so we've talked, so you know that like there's big gaps in my training. So I originally started dance young. Um, I believe I was four Aww. and I started as a little baby ballerina and went through, um, went into like a, a, a competition dance school. In Rochester? Um, no. You so I'm from downstate New York, more like a um, uh, little town called Hopewell Junction. If you don't know Hopewell Junction, you might know Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh If you don't know Poughkeepsie, New York, you might know Westchester. Uh So down there. Cool. Awesome. Um, That explains your accent. (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot up here too. Apparently I say words really weird. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a friend from Poughkeepsie. I'm like, yeah, that that explains it. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Okay. So there it is. Um, so I grew up in this competition style dance school, which I loved. I made some of the best friends that I had. Um, I really got a lot of self-confidence. I took 
ballet and jazz, which were my first loves, mm. loved them. Um, but when I got to be invited onto the competition team, I had to take tap. I don't, and it's not my favorite. Um, I respect tap. I, it is hard. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually pretty good at it because this school was like a tap school. And um, so I learned it. Not my favorite, but I'm glad I learned it. <laughs> um, so went through all competition stuff there, performing, recitals, up until I was about middle school. So like sixth grade, um, I started to notice that once I hit sixth grade and you go and sit, try and find people to sit with in the cafeteria and none of your friends are the same as the ones as your dance friends. Cause I mm -hmm. spent like my entire day at the dance studio. I loved it. Um, so I kind of got disenchanted with dance and figured, Oh, I need to make friends in like school. Cause I don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so I stopped dance. Um, yeah. Uh, Sixth grade. It, it, it stinks. Mm -hmm. um, and looking back, that is my biggest regret. Mm -hmm. like, out of everything. I really wish I hadn't. Um, so I took a huge hiatus. And I tried to fill it with things. Um, I tried soccer. I tried swimming. I tried modeling. I did pageants, marching band. Um, I ran the gamut on things to fill this void of mm -hmm. dance. Um, and didn't, I did a little bit when I hit college. I was on the dance team, um, but I didn't major in dance. I never thought of it as a career path for me. I never thought I was good enough, mm -hmm. had the right body type, um, feet, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, when I, after I had my second child, so I was 29, um, I decided that I need to get back into dance. And by that time we were out here in Rochester, mm -hmm. um, I married two kids and I needed to find me again. Um, so found, found an adult program and it was no easy task. I don't know how long I looked for an adult program and not an adult program that's like, hey, uh, come dance with these amazing 16-year-olds and you're going to look silly uh -huh. because you're a real adult, not right. a 16-year-old adult. Um, <laughs> so uh, found my teacher, Mary, and it was real adult. And we started with ballet and then we added on some other classes and um, yeah, then it, it went from there. So I, I'm very humbled for you to say that I have a good ballet training because I never, I didn't do ballet intensives. I didn't come from like a classical ballet school. Mm -hmm. uh, here in Rochester, we have uh, Rochester City Ballet and their school, which is the Draper School. And like as an adult right now, like I look at that school, I'm like, oh wish I could have taken classes like that. Like mm -hmm. it's a real like classical school and they, they all have to wear the same color leotards and they're all at the bar and it's very like proper dance. And mm -hmm. I never got that. And 
um, I still, I guess at this point, I, I, I still want to be able to go through that. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I, I've gone through teachers that have helped me with my technique. Um, but, and it took a lot of work, a lot of work because <laughs> I grew up in tap. So, That's right. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think there's, uh, two points on this story, obviously just asking where it all started is, is like a hundred questions all wrapped up in one. Right. But I think one first point I want to make is around quitting when you're young. And I think so many people who I speak with regret that decision, but the people who I speak with who danced through that period of time up until they were the end of teenagers also had a very different experience and took a really, really long time oftentimes to come back around to it at your age as well, because that end game is really, really, really difficult when you're a teenager. And that process of going through it when you're a teenager can actually turn you off to it, whereas you were fueling your love for it for those years, whereas then the people who did it through the high school years are actually having to rekindle their love later because they were disenchanted by body image issues or competition issues or um, whatever happens when you're a teenage girl, right? It's like teenage girls are complicated and then you put ballet competition into the mix and you put that whole complex on top of it. And so I always just, I always think it's a blessing in disguise to have had that experience of quitting and then coming back to it later because you now have just a pure love for it and a taste for it and a yearning for it versus having like gone through that and had a potentially rough experience. Not that there aren't people who had amazing experiences through those years, but there's so many who had hard experiences and then have a difficult relationship with ballet because of it. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that too. And because as I was getting into middle school, then things, you start to notice things as yeah. you know, you're, you're becoming more mature and you're starting to see the politics and who's favorites and stuff like that. And, um, as a, when I was younger, I was never like, I wasn't like the star. Like I wasn't somebody who could do tricks. Um, like, uh, a cartwheel was like, yeah. But so like <laughs> so these other girls that are doing like back walkovers and aerials and like these fantastic things that they just were able to do. I was not that. So I didn't get that kind of attention. Um, I also didn't have this ballet physique. I was, I was tall for my age. So I'm 5'7", which for dancers is still tall. Um, so I didn't, you know, I'm growing into my body and I'm gangly. Mm -hmm. I just look awkward. So I didn't have that cute, like, oh, I'm tiny and cute and I can like do these cute little things. So I didn't have that going for me, mm -hmm. um, but I was a solid dancer. So if somebody was um, out, they got sick, hurt or whatever, I picked up choreography really fast. Mm -hmm. So I was always kind of called in to be up, oh, somebody's out, let's get Erica in there. She can fill that spot. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to notice those things though as I got to 12 years old and I was like, oh, I don't like that. They always choose, you know, so-and-so because she can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, they put 
um, this little one up in the front because she's little and big, tall, gangly Erica gets to be in the back because she's tall. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think it's um, the other point you made that I find interesting and, and especially relevant to us adults is like wanting the real thing, wanting formal training, wanting proper ballet. These are words that we put on ourselves and on our training that we say we can't have good technique because it wasn't properly learned. I mean, we're wearing a black leotard and pink tights and no skirt. And so therefore we don't have ballet technique or whatever it is. And I think, I think that's, I think that I feel it too. I get it. I feel it too, because we want to have had that life and, and live that life. But like as adults, our training is so different. We have a body, we have a body that's had babies. We have a body that's been in car accidents. We have bodies that have been sprained and broken and bruised and been sitting in chairs and a mental state that's lost mothers and fathers and friends and loved ones. And we have a different, we have a different body and a different mind. And I think real ballet for us is like becoming ourselves and becoming ourselves through ballet. And so it's, I'm curious your thoughts on that because I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I find that that phrase to be funny that we put that on ourselves. Yes. And I'm, I'm not saying it's a good phrase for me to like put on myself. It's just, this is how I feel. And like, um, yeah, I so yes, like I, I want, like you just see those pictures and oh. you know, and you see their lines and you're like, Oh, as an adult right now, I could do that. Uh-huh. I could be there and I could understand the training and I could understand why I was doing these things when I was that age. No, I was like, all. this is boring. Yeah. Um, but like, but as an adult now, I, so I also teach, I teach, I get to teach kids, which I love teaching kids. I really love teaching adults. Mm-hmm. Um, with you, like how you said, we have adult minds, adult bodies. We've been through things. So like the material that we give, like as choreography or anything like that, you can see the adults get it. They get it in their soul because mm-hmm. like, they're like, oh, I know what it's like to have lost somebody. I know what it's like to have not been given this chance. And they get it where if you were to give something like this to younger girls or boys, they just haven't had those experiences yet. Right. So um, it's very different. Um, I love the way that you teach for a brochure. Um, it gives me that feeling like, I'm not missing anything. And I guess maybe mm-hmm. it's not the black leotard, pink tights, no skirt. It's the, you're paying attention and being like, oh no, your feet need to be turned mm-hmm. out more, knees over your toes. You're not just being like, eh, that's good enough. Right. You know? And yeah. that's what I think we're missing now. We, there's a lot of adult drop-in classes, mm-hmm. but not many that are like, no, I really want to help you. Yep. So, and I think it's hard to understand why we want to be helped. Why do adults want to be helped? I think for whatever reason in ballet, we feel like adults shouldn't care to improve at their technique or don't care to improve at their technique. And I don't think this is um, the fault of anyone specifically. It's just, we have a hard time understanding why would you want to be good at this if you're not going to become pro because that seems like such a single minded track. And, um, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Why do you want to be good at it? Why, why do you care that I tell you that your legs aren't turned out enough? Why is that important to you? Wow, that's a good question. Um, okay, let's try to think through this. Um, so I, I, for me, 
and I guess maybe most answers, we have this certain personality type, right? Um, maybe it's a drive, maybe it's a type A, it's, it's whatever you, it's a perfectionist. I, I don't know. Um, I, I like the challenge mm-hmm. of it. And for me, I, and maybe it's because I was a dancer in the beginning, I see other dancers and I'm like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I just need a teacher to trust in me or take mm-hmm. interest in me and push me because they, maybe, I, maybe I want somebody to see something in me, mm-hmm. see something special and like, oh, she still has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we all want that, you know, um, to just kind of be just chosen. I, I don't know. Um, have somebody look at us and go, wow, she's got something. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's left over from childhood stuff where maybe we didn't get that or we did get it and we want it again because mm-hmm. that affirmation feels so good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what drives me for that, but I, I yeah. do. I, I've been like yeah. conditioned, like give me the corrections. Cause I know if you're giving me corrections, it's because you're watching me dance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I used to have a teacher and I'm sure a lot of us had, um, that, you know, she'd go down the line and give us corrections or say something. Mm-hmm. And if she skipped over you and said nothing, Ouch. that's no good. Yeah. For- like, you could go to the person before you and like fix them and be like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. Skip over you. Just kind of look at you and move on. And then the next person, she's like, oh, this is beautiful. This is lovely. And then you're standing there going, what did I do? Mm-hmm. I did something clearly. So yeah, I don't know. The, um, the way we, the way we teach Ballet is always so interesting to see in comparison with other things that we teach and learn as, as adults. So like painting, right? How do you teach an adult a, a, how to paint or how to draw or whatever it is? It's so interesting to think about the, the verbiage and the expectations and all of that is actually super important that if you come into it with the expectation that an adult body can't improve at something, then you won't tell them how to improve at it. And I think a lot of it comes from an, a protective nature where we know that ballet is sort of dangerous and if you don't do it well, you could hurt your knees and you could hurt your back and all that stuff. And so it's like, like adults are Fabergé eggs. We don't want to break them. We don't want to tell them to turn out too far because then they're going to hurt themselves or uh, we don't want to get them on point because we're afraid they're going to snap their feet off or whatever it is. Um, but I think, I think you're right that we have a desire as individuals at this point in our life. We have a desire as an individual to excel at something and it's, uh, we want to excel at our career and that's not weird. And we want to excel at being good parents and spouses and that's not weird, but for some reason it's weird to want to excel at ballet. Yeah. Um, I, so I still have, you know, my friends will ask me like, Oh, so you're still dancing. That's cute. And I'm like, yeah, some people I won't tell like how much I am into it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's like, oh, you take little classes here and there and, oh, you know, and I, I get weird questions sometimes. Um, 
most of the people are very, very supportive. Like mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people that are like, oh, I wish I could take dance. I'm like, yes, you can. You can. There's, there's no, there really shouldn't be a, a limit. Um, I, I really think, you know, as long as for the most part that we're healthy individuals, and I'm not saying like healthy, like as an age, as a weight, as a height, um, but you know, that we're not, I don't know, completely going to hurt ourselves. You can take dance um, and you can get to wherever you want to with Mm it. Um, Does it take some work? Yup. Is it as easy maybe as if you were younger? Hmm, Probably not because we're not maybe as flexible anymore. Um, We also have other things going on in our lives. Right. Kids, jobs, dogs, animals, husbands, wives, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really, really believe that we can do it too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I don't, I never wanted anybody to say no to me just because of my age. So I kind of, carry that along mm-hmm. with me. Um, just because you're an age doesn't mean that you're not strong enough to do something. You know, whatever it may be, it might not even be dance. It could be, you want to be a rock climber? Cool. Let's train the right way. And I can show you how to do this. And then you can take that and do that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, just about giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. Yep. It's really a um, mindset, really more than anything where if you believe that you can't touch your toes, therefore you can't take ballet, I'm like, well, then yes, you can't take ballet because you believe you can't touch your toes. But I couldn't touch my toes until I had been taking ballet for four years. Does that mean I wasn't taking ballet? No, it just means I was never very flexible and then became flexible. It doesn't mean that I wasn't doing ballet until then. It was just, it took me a while to become more flexible. It took me a lot of work. But that's always the thing, the biggest thing I hear when I say I'm a, I own a ballet studio. Like, oh, I could never do that because I can't touch my toes. I'm like, well, I mean, but the thing is you'll be able to touch your toes after you start doing it. Like, it's not a prerequisite. People think that, you know, you have to be good enough to start. You have to be a better person before you can start something. Or like, once I'm a better person, I'll wear that dress. Or once I'm a better person, I'll go take yoga. Or once I can touch my toes, I'll do this. And people even contact me and they say like, can I, I need to get in shape before I come to your studio. And I'm like, no, but the the studio is here to help you get in shape. Like where you don't need to become a different person before you can begin this journey. Right. It's part of, it's part of the journey. It's come as you are and, you know, we'll take this journey together. You know, nobody starts off with perfect everything and is just like, Oh, I'm a dancer. And ready to go. No, you know, it's um, somebody, one of my friends said to me like, um, oh, I've been to ballets and I've, I've seen this. And I'm like, I don't even know how they do that. And I, I was like, well, you got to think about it this way. That's their job. Like if, if you're a nurse and every day you are helping people, treating people, blah, 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 blah. You've learned all this stuff. You've gone to school for it, and now it's your job. This is what they've trained for, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why at age 20-whatever, you know, they're up on their toes, and they can kick their heads and, mm-hmm. you know, invert themselves into all these crazy things. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't start to do that mm-hmm. just because, you know, you haven't done that doesn't mean that you can't take up this wonderful hobby, take it seriously and take it as far as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good analogy. I, I like that. Um, like I can't imagine how a brain surgeon knows how to get in there and could crack someone's head open and do surgery. And I can't, I can't fathom that as a concept. Right. But yeah, like they didn't they, just pop out as a brain surgeon, no. you know? <laughs> right. I think that's a really good analogy because we don't find those things to be odd. We don't think, we don't sit there and wonder, oh, they must be a natural brain surgeon. We, we understand the process <laughs> by which they get to be it. We're not like, oh, they naturally cut people's heads open and like they just naturally did, <laughs> that we would never assume that. But somehow we're like, that person's naturally flexible or that person naturally stands on their toes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why we do that with like dance or, or even like singers too. It's the same thing. Oh, they have a natural voice. Some of them, yes, but also they've also taken, you know, hours and years of training. Um, and a lot of them started singing young. They loved it and they kept doing it. So therefore they've actually been practicing constantly since they were very young children. But I think part of our job as dancers is to make it look easy and make it look natural. And so I think it's sort of our own darn fault for <laughs> like doing a good enough job. Um, I always say our job is to trick the audience into thinking they can do it um, when they walk out of the place, right? That it should look, it, you know, it should easy. look natural. It should look easy. And then we wonder why they think it's easy. <laughs> I was taking a class with you the other night and you had this crazy frappe combination going on. And it was so fast and frappes are not my thing, but I'm trying to get better at them. And my husband is sitting in the bed watching me. Oh gosh, and the pressure. We're done. We're done with the combination, and I'm sweating. I have got a towel. I'm like, oh my gosh! And he looks at me and he goes, "That looks easy. I could do that." And I was like, "I'm gonna leap over there and just beat you up." But at the same time, it was kind of like a a compliment. Like, oh, you uh-huh. made that look so easy. You're like, there's space at this bar, so yeah, right. Like, you want to come over here and join me? That's right. We're at home. You're welcome to join me anytime yeah. you want. Uh, you're right though it is it is a compliment if you do your job right if you do your job right as a dancer they should leave thinking that they can do it and that's and that is um infuriating on the one aspect because it does sort of feel like it um belittles the work that you had to do to get there but on the other hand as you say it is it is truly a compliment it means that you had a smile on your face it means that you made it look effortless and therefore they think that they can do it too because gosh if it was hard you would be grimacing doing that (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, you're right. We probably do a little bit to ourselves, you know, like (laughs) it looks so easy and you hear that you've always heard that in class, right? Like make it look effortless, smile. It doesn't hurt. That's right. I think we've been trained that way to, Oh, I'm on my toes and this doesn't hurt at all. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was a, I was a power lifter for about a year um, in a break of from ballet and my coach would always put more weight on the bar. And I'm like, this is really heavy. And he's like, well, you're smiling. So you don't seem like you're working that hard. And I'm like, no, no, it's just, it's just that when I work hard, I'm supposed to smile. So <laughs> this is how I work harder. The muscles in my face are helping me. You don't you understand? <laughs> and so he would never actually be able to read my signals because he's like, you're supposed to be making a face. You're supposed to be grunting. And I'm like, I will not grunt. I'm sorry. I will not grunt. <laughs> no, we are supposed to smile and I just smile bigger and look up more when it hurts even more because I'm thinking to myself, just 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a funny translation of sports. (laughs) 
what is um what is what is your what do you have your eyes set on next or is the journey what you have your eyes set on what what does what what do you what are you thinking about as far as like what you're looking forward to in your dance journey um so as you know um but maybe not everybody else i um i have started my own studio uh not something that i ever really wanted to do um, I've seen studio owners become disenchanted with dance and dealing with like the monetary side of things. And mm -hmm. I would see it kind of dead in their spirit. So I always wanted to just remain as a teacher. Um, but your program um, in Broche and everything like that has inspired me to do something similar out here in Rochester, New York. Um, we don't have anything like that. We have drop-in classes. We have a pretty big artistic community here, um, but nothing that's specifically for adults, nothing that really gives them what they want. And I've heard this in with the, the students that I teach now that are adults. They want more. Give me more corrections. I want to learn more. Yep. Um, so I recently launched my website, which is Turn Us All Dance. Um, and it is very much based on your curriculum. Um, and like it or not, now you're my mentor. Yay! <laughs> you didn't sign up for that, but you are now. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to replicate the results that you have um, out here and give the dancers, adult dancers out here, the chance to get to do what I got to online with you and that I'm going to continue to do. Um, so that starts in September. I'm right now finishing up the website and going to do registration and classes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then this is a little crazy and um, you guys probably are going to think that I'm crazy. And it's just this pipe dream that I've had in my head for a little bit. I would love to then take this a step further and make a company. I would love to have an adult company. Um, and when I say adult, I mean people that have other things going on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like, oh, they work a job and they dance. Um, but they, they're a serious dance student and they want to perform. But they also are, a, maybe they're, they're a mom or they volunteer or they take care of their elderly parents or they do have a job or, you know, there's these two aspects of them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of my pipe dream is to have a company of adults that can do these classical works because they're still serious students, mm -hmm. but also show people that you can do this too. You can relate to me on stage because I'm an adult and maybe I'm not the perfect ballerina body, you know, I'm an everyday person. Um, and I, I hope this would inspire more people to find their passion, whether it's dance or, or what else, mm -hmm. um, and give people confidence and maybe be able to relate. I'm certainly not trying to like get rid of the professional realm or say that there's no need for it. I love going to a professional ballet, but I think it would be cool to show that us adults can <laughs> do it too. So that's my my pipe dream. <laughs> that sounds so amazing. I think there's bring something special to the table and it's not usually the stereotypical ballerina, but we have such a rich breadth of experience to offer and a passion and a, um, a lifetime of experience to, to share. I think 
Um, there was one performance I went to here in Denver um, that was adult an adult recital, um, and I always think recital sort of is too small of a word to describe how much heart we put into it. But um, regardless, that's what they called it. And there was this one company of all people who had Parkinson's and they danced. Some people could only dance in chairs and some people were standing and it was very simple choreography. And I mean, it was the only piece in the show that moved me to tears because they were dancing about having lost their spouse. I might <laughs> cry right now, but there was like an empty chair sitting in the, there was an empty chair sitting on the stage and it was clearly representative of someone who they've lost. Each of them had, you know, lost someone in their life. And you're just like, oh, geez, you know, it just, it was about the relationship of the grandparent to their kid, to their spouse who they've lost. And it was just like the dance moves weren't, I mean, the, the dance moves were so simple, but the expression they brought to it was just like, dang, wow. That's, you could relate. Yeah, you could relate. And I felt like, it was able to help a lot of people in the audience feel that emotion, understand it, relate to it, get it. And it was just like, wow, they said something, right? And that's what it, that's what it means. Yes. Yeah. Um, like I said, um, I will probably never be able to do an aerial, but <laughs> we'll just set that aside. <laughs> we'll set that aside and kudos to the, if you can do one, that's awesome. Okay. No problem with that. But I know as an adult, I know that I bring, um, experience to the table. Mm -hmm. And when somebody says, okay, this is what this piece is about. And I can pull from my own experience. Mm -hmm. um, whereas maybe if you're younger, you just, you haven't had a chance to have those experiences yet. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think adults just have this, this emotion, this depth that they can bring to whether it's a character role or just a movement because mm -hmm. there's something underneath it. It's not just put your arm out. There's a reason, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we can do it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and if you think you can, you will. That's, that's basically what it is. Um, I, guess, I guess my last question for you maybe is a little bit more philosophical. I mean, ballet, as we know, as an adult, is actually quite philosophical, and the ballet part of it is quite, <laughs> quite small in terms of the grand scheme of things. But... You, I want to go all the way back to when you mentioned that you decided it was time to find yourself after your second kid. Um, now, one thing I hear a lot from people is that they either feel guilty finding themselves or feel like they're taking too much time for themselves or feel like they should be doing more for others and not for themselves. Um, do you, how, did, how did finding yourself help other people? Does it help other people? Why is it worth it? Um, what, what maybe can you, can you share about that experience that makes it worth it for people? All right. Um, so with my first and second child, um, I had a, a postpartum depression um, after I had my kids. And um, that was really, really hard to get through. Mm -hmm. um, and um, since then, I've been diagnosed with anxiety. I um, struggle with anxiety and stuff like that. And I see somebody now and everything like that. But at that time, I wasn't really sure what was going on with myself. Um, I was still fairly new to when I moved here. Like, I still didn't feel like Rochester was home. Like, I still feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not from here. So I didn't have close girlfriends. Um, I knew my husband, and he's my best friend. But like, 
you know, sometimes you need some girlfriends. That's right. Um, so I didn't have that. I didn't have like this group of moms where I could like go and be like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Um, so being when I, like I said before, when I had dance in my life, I made some of my best friends at dance. So I decided I was like, okay, I, I need to do this. And what's the worst that happens? I get back to dance and I just enjoy dancing again. Okay. Or I get back to dancing and I meet people that are like-minded and, you know, so that was the thought going into it. Mm -hmm. Um, If I take some time for myself, I will be a better mom. I'll be a better wife. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't be tense. I won't be snippy. Um, And that thought didn't come easy. It wasn't like, aha, I feel fine with this. No, it was something that I literally had to say to myself, like fake it till you make it. Like this is going to help not just me, but my kids. Mm -hmm. It was like a mantra that I had to have. Like, it's okay to take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, now I actually believe that. Um, Now I, I, I see it and my kids are able to say, wow, mom, you're a lot happier. Mm. And that kind of breaks my heart because obviously there was a time where they saw me as not. Um, And my husband, I think he definitely, he doesn't walk on eggshells. (laughs) So, um, but it's not something that it's the mom guilt is real. Mm -hmm. The woman guilt is real where, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going off and just dancing, not (laughs) solving like world hunger, or I'm not, you know, donating my time to, um, help the baby puppies. No, I'm, I'm dancing, but it's what I needed and it's helped my family. Um, and I hope that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of have to believe that that's enough. Um, there are some people that are going, Ugh, you know, you just get together with your friends and you dance around in your tutus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We do. <laughs> and I don't come home and I'm not miserable. And, yeah. um, so hopefully it helps my little bubble here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, um, I, that's the story of so many and the, and we are all afraid to take that time for ourselves, but what we don't realize is the impact it has on others. So you mentioned even just your family. And so you don't know what the impact is when they go out into the world because they're now happier where with you and, and with, with the situations. And you don't know, like, you know, if you think about that, you know, I took time for myself to make the studio in my own image and how I wanted it to be. And that might've seemed selfish, but now you're creating a studio and now We've inspired Jessica here in Denver to create a studio and it's just radiating out into the world and you don't know where it's going to lead. You don't know what your happiness is going to inspire in someone else. Because as you mentioned in terms of performing and why performing is important, it's like you might inspire someone to follow their dreams and that is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, I think everybody needs to look inward just a little bit. You know, you don't always have to make big plans, change big things. Um, Just helping yourself. Like you said, it radiates and you feel it. And then people around you feel it. And 
I think it just starts to change things. Yeah, if I hadn't stumbled across you, then I, who knows where it would have gone, you know? Um, I, yeah, so making yourself happy is very important. Might sound selfish at first, um, but yeah, somebody's out there and they're watching you, you know? Um, so it, maybe it's somebody young, maybe it's somebody your age and go, wow, if they can do it, why can't I? Mm -hmm. And I think that is big. Amazing. What a great way to end the episode. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on here. I hope everyone listening is inspired that if we can do it, they can too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thanks for listening today, dancers. For more adult ballet, you can follow our studio on Instagram and Facebook at Broche Ballet. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie the Ballerina or check out our blog and YouTube channels for more content. You can even dance with us in our online studio with daily live Zoom classes, private lessons, and our on-demand video library. Don't forget to have your story featured on our podcast. Email us at hello at brocheballet.com. I'm Julie Gill, and this was Broche Banter. Happy dancing! Thank you.